I was so nervous, I was so anxious, I was so stressed. I thought no one would come to my show. <laughs> I seriously thought it's just going to be me and the designers and the models and no one in the crowd. This is not what you think. I'm Zasha Rosen. Just because you don't always see people like yourself up on stage in international fashion shows doesn't mean you don't want your own good fashion. There are great designers making clothes that include Fijian design, hijabs, or Vietnamese fabrics, and all of those are just in Sydney's western suburbs. Filmmaker Thuy Nguyen helped set up the Western Sydney Fashion Festival, hoping it would be a runway to emerging and culturally diverse designers. She also made the documentary about it, Against the Grain. Thuy, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. What do you like about fashion? The thing I like about fashion is it's a way to express yourself. When people first meet you, what you wear says a lot about yourself. What you wear is a huge factor of your identity. Getting into fashion was not a thing you intended to do. You were just kind of accidentally involved? Yeah, so I kind of just fell into it. After finishing my film degree, it was just like a job I was working with casually and then somehow I ended up working for their head office and that's how I got into the fashion world from there. I didn't have a lot of knowledge of fashion when I first started out. For me, I was just like a poor uni student. I would just buy whatever cheap clothes I could find that I thought was nice and I didn't really think about different fields of fashion or like the process or the production behind it. It wasn't a requirement that I had to know fashion, but working in that environment, you're so immersed in that world that you'd pick up things as you work along the ways. It was just something there. And then I just started absorbing everything. What was it that made you think it would be a good idea to start going and collecting Sydney designers and putting them together into a fashion festival? Pretty much the idea that I had was just to have this awesome runway featuring these amazing designers from all these different backgrounds. I want it to be like a fashion runway, but a melting pot of all these amazing designers. I felt like this was a niche that no one was really talking about and no one was really doing anything about it in Western Sydney. All the hardships and struggles I was going through as a filmmaker in Western Sydney, for me, I was lucky enough to be given opportunities to get grants and develop amazing projects and stuff. Whereas for fashion design, I realised there's not that much really in terms of supporting our fashion designers in Western Sydney. So from my fashion designer's point of view, they would probably be going through the same things as well. And it's probably harder for them. The whole point of a fashion festival, the big commercial ones, is financial backing and showcasing. So from the trade shows, you might have big clients and big businesses that want to buy your pieces, like wholesale pieces. So they're not just buying one, they want to order like a whole pack. I understand like for a small designer to really break through these days, you need to be like good on social media. And I was wondering if that's an especially hostile place if you come from a diverse background. Actually, I feel like it's the opposite. So social media is what is empowering these designers from diverse backgrounds. Because on the social media, there's no barriers. You're just creating yourself. You're just putting yourself out there. And especially on a platform like Instagram, which a lot of fashion designers use, it's all about creating that image and there's no barrier for it. So I think it's actually the other way. Through social media, we are being empowered. Western Sydney has always had many talented young people, many talented creative people. It's just the opportunities are not there for us. So I think coming, living and working in that community, you have to make the opportunities for yourself. 
and I thought I would go one step further and make opportunities for others as well. Does it feel like you don't get noticed in Western Sydney? I feel like Western Sydney people tend to, they tend to have certain perceptions of people from Western Sydney and it's a general perception as well. So people from Western Sydney are different from people from South Western Sydney, you know. There's different communities, there's different groups and stuff. We're not just like one big lump, you know. <laughs> so so you, you are not all the same person? Or, no. Or like two or three million of you? No. Western Sydney is a cool place, okay. If you have time, go there. The food, the culture, the people. Would you know that there is a hot better fashion design out there if you're a regular Western Sydney resident? Who wasn't organising a fashion festival? If you're a regular Western Sydney resident, I don't think you would really know about the fashion designers that you have literally at your doorstep. Like, with certain communities, people would know a certain fashion designer. So, for example, one of our designers, Bavik, he's really well known in the Fijian community. So everyone would maybe go to him to get a dress done. So sometimes I feel like it's a cultural thing as well. If you're in a certain community, you would only know a fashion designer from your community. There wasn't really that intercultural or like other communities knowing about other fashion designers from a different community. So in the Fijian community, they would go to Baby because they want that traditional, you know, I want to be able to wear clothes that also showcases my heritage. People go to these fashion designers because they truly, really want to celebrate their heritage. What do Bavik's designs look like? Bavik designs are fusion between modern styles and cuts, yet he also incorporates very traditional prints and fabrics in his collections. This is what I think from what I see in his collections. Bavik has been with Western Sydney Fashion Festival from the start and he didn't know who I was or what the hell I was doing. And he was like, yeah, sure, you can take my collection. (laughs) showcase at your fashion show. Did did you know who you were and what you were doing when you first organised the festival? When I first started organising the festival, I really had no idea what I was doing. I remember the first rehearsal we did, I forgot, like, coat racks. Like, I didn't really think about it. The designers came in and they were like, where are we going to hang our clothes? You know, not coming from a fashion background, you don't really think about that. Yes, that was the first year we did Western Sydney Fashion Festival. I was so nervous. I was so anxious. I was so stressed. I thought no one would come to my show. I seriously thought it's just going to be me and the designers and the models and no one in the crowd. But it actually ended up being full house that night. So after the show ended, that feeling of like relief, that adrenaline, it was, it was like an amazing feeling. I told myself, I'm going to do this, I have to do it. And then when I finally did it, it was like, it was the best feeling in the world. So, the general way I run Western Sydney Fashion Festival on the night is that we have each designer showcase their runways. So normally it's like eight or 10 designers, so that's eight or 10 runways. A runway will be like a model showcasing one outfit, next model, next model, and then you do the final walk, designer comes out, and that's one runway. After the runway, I get the MC to interview the designer because I really want the audience to know the designer, to know their story and their struggles and the things they're inspired by, you know, the family, culture, that kind of thing. So I think that's one thing I make different from the big fashion shows that I really want the audience to connect and to get to know the designer. So the MC will interview the designers and then we move on to the next runway. So while the 
MC is interviewing the designer. The models are in the back room crazily trying to get ready for the next runway, like 10 seconds to get changed. And there's all this screaming and yelling happening in the back rooms. After we do all the runways and that's the end of the show, so... With fashion shows, there's not really much to it. Like with the big fashion shows, the big commercial ones you see, for one designer, they do runways. It ends in like 10, 15 minutes. That's it. So there's all this hype and all this crazy chaotic things happening and the show might not even last 10 minutes. And it's not something you normally get at a fashion week that you go to. Some fashion weeks you go to, you don't even see the designer. The designer's not even there. My mum was there. I was very surprised because the thing is, I don't think my mum actually had an idea of what I do with my life. Because <laughs> I still don't have that stable job, that house, getting married, kids, car. Like, I'm not doing any of that stuff that she's expecting me to do. I'm just following my passion. And she just thinks that I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. And I'm a, like a lost child. And in your documentary, Against the Grain, it sounded like that's really common for designers' parents to have no idea what on earth you think you're doing, go get a steady job. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't matter if I'm a filmmaker and they're a fashion designer. The struggles that we have is very similar. But what's behind that? Why would a parent not want their child to be a designer or be a filmmaker? I guess for most of the designers in Western Sydney Fashion Festival, they come from communities where the parents are migrants. They come from different countries, running away from war, civil unrest, political asylum, all this crazy stuff happening in the homeland. And they come to Australia and they work hard and create a life for their family. And they want the same for their kids too. They want their children to be able to live stable, happy lives. And so when you turn around to your parents and you say, I'm going to go do this, they're shocked by it. It's like, it's not a stable job. Like, we did not come to this country and suffer so much so you can go and draw dresses. What did your mum make of the festival? She was really surprised. (laughs) My mum was really surprised that I could do something like this. Do you know what she expected before she came? She had no idea because my mom is like your typical Vietnamese, you know, she runs her own business, like bakery, like most Vietnamese families. So that would have to be very practical. Yes, it's a very practical business. So she's worked all her life and she has never been to a fashion show in her whole life. And I got the feeling that she was proud of me. She didn't say it, but I got the feeling she was proud of me. (laughs) Because I think this was the first time that she was able to like physically see what I'm doing in my life. Like with film sets and stuff, it's not like she can come along and film sets and see what I'm doing. So I think the fact that she saw that I was trying to help other people and do something for other designers. Do you think the designers and the crowd got something out of it as well? After the first fashion show, a lot of the designers, their feedback was they were amazed by the show, what I was trying to do. And because they saw me trying to do something, I think they felt inspired as well. You know, change is going to happen. That kind of feeling that you feel when you do this kind of event. But in the second year, I did have more designers, more models. And there was people anticipating the second year as well. Like, oh, when's the show going to happen? But that was also because in the first year I said, oh, I'm going to come back next year bigger and better. So <laughs> so you made a documentary about the yeah the festival. Yeah. Who were some of the designers you focused on in that documentary? The first designer that I interviewed was Bavik. So the thing I like about Bavik's designs is that it reflects his cultural background and he also addresses issues within the industry such as plus size and all that as well. The second designer is called Delina. She's an awesome Muslim streetwear designer. 
And when I first saw her stuff and when I first met her, I thought she was so awesome. She's tiny, she's so petite. And yet the general style and attitude she conveys is like this strong streetwear urban woman. If you look at her designs, it's for people who need to dress modestly. So she's a Muslim designer. So the hijab is in all her designs, but she also plays upon that. So she also has a lot of streetwear influences in her design. She says in the documentary she needs to work within rules, like you can't have uncovered arms, I think. And in general, you need to be modest. Within those constraints, what does she do that stands out so much? One of the designs that I love from Delina is this particular design where she wears the hijab. And then she wears like a basal cap, which is streetwear. But then under that basal cap, she puts... It's like a veil, but it's a very lacy kind of veil. The kind of veils you'll see at the spring races. Her designs are not as bright or colourful as babies. It tends to be a lot more muted, very earthy kind of colours. For myself personally, I don't like dressing too revealing. I do like to sometimes wear things that cover my arms and all that. There are a few pieces in there that I can see myself wearing. And it goes to show that, you know, she's a Muslim designer, but even though I'm not a Muslim myself, I can see myself wearing her designs. Fashion is universal. A couple of other designers that has been with Western Sydney Fashion Festival from my very first show, one of them is Amalina Aman. She is an amazing Muslim designer and she's done international shows in Indonesia, in Turkey, and for her to do a show at Western Sydney Fashion Festival, I feel very appreciative of that. Another designer is Lakshmi B. So she's this half Australian, half Indian fashion designer, and she is an amazing designer, and I love her designs. They're very sexy. They're very out there. Um, another designer that's been with us from the first show is Tiana Van, Tiana Van Design. So she's a Vietnamese designer, and she does amazing wedding dresses, and they're just so beautiful. The last designer, his name is Marky Dong. There's more designers, but I like to really thank all the designers for taking part in the shows. He's a Vietnamese designer and his designs are very, I guess, high-end. He's very inspired by your high-end fashion, like your Gucci, your Chanel's, Dolce Gabbana. But he also mixes that with a lot of low-end fashion as well. So he has this talent to be able to mix both, you know, a little bit of streetwear, but then still have that high-end feel to it. With Marcus' family, back in Vietnam, they owned a fabric store. He learned a lot about fabric then. He plays around with colours a lot as well, but not in a traditional sense. So he plays around with bright colours, neutral colours. The thing with Marky that made me want to make this documentary was he came over here from Vietnam to study in Australia. And once he finished his degree, his first job was with a fashion house in Double Bay. And he worked there for six months and he was doing everything for them. He was designing their collections, doing their social medias, he was doing their sales. And because he was new to this whole fashion industry, he was new to the country, so he didn't know what to expect. So after six months of doing all that, they didn't pay him. For me to hear that story, coming to Australia, working in the fashion industry, and this is your first experience, this is your first impression of the fashion industry, I felt like it was a very heartbreaking story and more people should know about it. Did he end up in better employment after that? Marky ended up starting his own business, so he runs a cafe with his family. And his career is taking off a bit as well. Yes, so I think for him he wants to find that balance where financially he's stable but he also wants to still pursue his creative career. And I think for all fashion designers that's something they struggle with and they want to achieve as well.
It sounds like a lot of the designers who did shows at the Western Sydney Fashion Festival, a lot of them were first-generation migrants. Like, they'd grown up somewhere else, come here, and were trying to navigate the new fashion world they find in Sydney. A lot of the fashion designers in Western Sydney Fashion Festivals, they are first-generation or maybe second-generation. Some have grown up here, some just came here in their teens, or some have come here just to study fashion. And the thing about Western Sydney Fashion Festival is that they're at this show and they talk to each other and they learn from each other as well. So they'll be like, oh, is that how you do something? Oh, I didn't know that. It's like they learn new things from each other. That's what I found really interesting as well, and I didn't really expect that either. With Western Sydney Fashion Festival, I wanted to create this community of people who were supportive of each other. You think it's worked? I think it's working. It's just the beginning, so we don't know yet. After the fashion show, I think there was more in terms of different fashion designers supporting each other. It wasn't necessarily in terms of like they collaborated together, but because they knew each other now, they supported each other more. And also with the models as well. So I think it is very important not to be limited by your identity or your background. With Western Sydney Fashion Festival, if you look at the diversity of the fashion designers, you would not think that the person who originally made it is this little Vietnamese girl from Western Sydney. You wouldn't really think that, but once people find out, it's like, oh, okay, so if she can do that, then I can do this. Twee, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. We'll put up a link to the Western Sydney Fashion Festival on our show page and in our podcast notes, and you can follow them on Facebook via that link. If you like this episode and you want to hear more, we've got lots more. Go to fbiradio.com slash think to hear all of this season's episodes and three seasons worth of archived episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast there and get every episode before it goes to air. If you like this show, check out other great FBI podcasts at fbiradio.com slash podcasts. Not What You Think is produced by Lachlan Wiley, show art by Annie Hamilton, Linda DeLacy is production consultant. It was created by Laura Briley, Claire Holland, and me, I'm Sasha Rosen. Next week, Dinner Table Racism.